Most of you by now know that I work at VIP Mortgage. A lot of you may not know why or how I got there. For us as LOs, we have a lot of options. And for me, VIP Mortgage was the perfect fit and the best place, in my opinion, to work. So if you have any questions about VIP Mortgage as an LO, or if you are a consumer and you're looking for a mortgage, you can reach out to me on social media, or you can reach out to anybody else that you may know at VIP Mortgage. And our website is VIPMTGINC.com. Today's guest is one of the most productive, passionate, and respected people here at VIP Mortgage. These attributes have contributed to a lifetime of high achievement as an Army veteran, a college volleyball player, and today as a devoted father and top loan originator. But we're not here to rattle off his about page or LinkedIn bio. He has joined us on Real Talk to share his backstory and give us a peek into what makes him tick. So without further ado, I'm stoked to welcome our Tempe Branch's producing manager, branch manager, Aaron Payne. Hey, Aaron. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks Thank for you. coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Welcome to uh, Real Talk with Ryan Madrid. I'm ready. Appreciate it. Uh, First of all, I just want to thank VIP Mortgage for having us here and letting us use this beautiful room. And thanks to my sister over there doing production for me. And I always like to recognize my godson slash nephew, Trey, who does our post-production work. So thanks, nice. Trey. Um, <clears throat> so we were going to start a different way than I think we're now going to start because you and I had a really cool conversation that, yeah. about something I did not know. Um, so talk a little bit about, well, let me just give you a little, I'll give everybody a little background on this. So Aaron, Aaron has the ability to speak really well, and he's really good in front of the camera, so we use him for a lot of stuff here at VIP Mortgage. But we didn't know that it's because he had a little bit of a background in acting and because his dad was an agent. So before we get into like your history of your life and where you came from, like let's talk a little bit about, just give us a story about your dad yeah, and yeah, your I, history. I walked in, and, and Trisha said, oh, you have a, your voice sounds good on the microphone, so that's good. And I, I, I told her I'd spend summers in acting school and – uh, in Dallas and LA because my, my biological father was, uh, was an agent, um, for young talent started out in Dallas, had one of the largest agencies, uh, outside of Los Angeles for, uh, for managing talent. Um, and so my parents got divorced when I was one year old, he, he was going to go off and conquer the world as an actor and, and, uh, was in some TV shows and, and movies and, um, started an agency. And, uh, so as, as he progressed through his career, um, had some ups and downs. It was kind of a rags to riches, back to rags again right. story before he passed. But uh, um, so in the summers, it was it was spent on on you know sets of movies and and going to acting classes. I played poker with uh, Stephen Baldwin. Uh, some uh, the shooting of Wild Bill. Some oh, movie yeah. and Biodome um, was his best movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, they had uh, you know he my dad had some pretty big talent growing up. He started with. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, um, Jason and Jeremy London. He actually started Eric Dane, who's McSteamy on Grey's Anatomy uh, back in the day. And Great so, I, yeah, I'd see, like, the residual checks from their early on stuff. Wow. And so, yeah, so that was uh, just a, an early. And then I, I, when I moved out to L.A. to, to try and uh, become an actor, I was in I was drunk frat boy number four in a Katie Holmes film. So that was, but there was a (laughs) few big actors in that movie too, besides yeah, Michael, Michael Keaton was the president and Forrest Whitaker was the director (laughs) and then Aaron Payne. So, so for everybody who grew up in as close to our age, Mm -hmm. I'm older than you, but, Days and Confused was a big movie for uh-huh. respect. So which one of the London brothers was it? Jason. So they're, Jason t- they're twin brothers. Um, they grew up in Oklahoma. That's where they were found okay. by my dad. And uh, Jason got Jason got 
He was Randy Floyd. Randy Pink Floyd. Randy yeah, he got he got um, Daisy Confused and then Mall Rats and then Jeremy, right. his twin brother, was on uh, Party of Five. Yeah, Party okay. of Five, and uh, they did a couple things. He actually, Man in the Moon was the first one that Jason did. It was a movie I think with Reese Witherspoon where a kid dies on a tractor, and so that he kind of fit the Oklahoma role. And then uh, I did I didn't see him again on the big screen until I saw him in the news for getting arrested in Scottsdale. So yeah, that, that was, that's, that's, yeah, it was, that was my question circle. to you. Was, yeah. uh, didn't he get in trouble? Or, yeah, and you're like I think both of them. But great guys. They, yeah, they're, <laughs> they probably will actually. But they're both both good guys. Yeah, so. no, that's cool. But you went to the army. Uh huh. So why? So, so I, yeah, uh, I was not the. Uh, I was not the best student, um, even through high school, you know, for me, it mm-hmm. was more about, you know, trying to become popular and trying to figure out the ins and outs of, you, you know, short, how short to, term thinking. Yeah. How, well, no, I, I, it turns out it was long term thing. It's like, how okay. do I, how do I get this girl to like me? Or how do I get in with this group of guys that were all the, you know, the stud mm-hmm. athletes. I remember they had, you know, they played Pop Warner football right. dating back to like eighth grade and they had Padre power and they would, I, this guy, right. I remember he would smash oranges in his bicep at lunch. And I was like, dude, I could never do that. With his um, Oakley, yeah, razor yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so um, I, I, I got through high school. Um, was was going to MCC, trying to figure out if I was going to go play in college at some point. Because um, at that time, men's volleyball wasn't huge here. Wasn't very big. Yeah, sand maybe, but not not. Yeah, actually, indoor. We had the first ever state championship in Arizona volleyball history so it, oh, wow. it was just getting started when i was you know it turns out the guy on that team is now uh one of, i mean basically the michael jordan of volleyball he's oh, four-time really? olympian yeah he went to mount point oh wow um, was so, read pretty okay yeah um so yeah so I, I i was trying to do what i was supposed to do and go to college and i i had a guy in my class who was wealthy and uh he never went to class either and he had a boat so basically <laughs> we'd show up to school and be like now nah, let's go to the lake and we'd wakeboard. And so it was about four weeks of not going to class. And I had a final coming up. And I was driving down the 60. And I'm like, I'm going to fail this class. And it's going to be an embarrassment. You know how people talk mm-hmm. about, I was the first guy in my in my family to graduate college. I was the first guy in my family to drop out of college. And so I just kept driving. And I got to country club. And this is, you know, an 18-year-old kind of going through the, the world's problems in his head. And what year was this? 97. 97. 97 90, yeah, 97. Okay. Late 97. And uh, so I was driving an 84 Honda Accord with a wooden sunroof because uh, I had broken my sunroof. And I uh, got off on Country Club, and I just looked over to the right, and there was an Army recruiting station. And I pulled in and said, I want to join the Army. And they said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to get out of here. And, wow. he, and so he said, do you want to do that? And it was a poster of a tank being like parachuted in somewhere. And I was like, sure. <laughs> and he goes, all right, you leave January 4th. And that, meanwhile, that's not anything. What Easiest I, there's not recruiter even, yeah, exactly. ever for that guy. <laughs> yeah, and that wasn't what I did, by right. the way, in the military. I did like construction work, basically. Yeah. So it was very different. Well, there's a, there's a huge misconception, I think, for a lot of the people that go to into the military and what it's going to be like and what the reality it is. Have you seen there's, there's this thing floating around on Instagram or Facebook where uh, where it is like, 19 year old guys out of boot camp they're they're somewhere they're all in the army and one of the guys is goes goes up to every single one of them and goes so why'd you join the army i don't know man yeah i know yeah. Goes, why'd you join i'm dumb why'd yep. you <laughs> it would, not but thank god they did right because they're they're helping and doing it, what they do so it was no knock but. it was insane because you know i you live in this bubble when you're that age and so awatuki yeah. you know the world's largest cul-de-sac that was all i really yeah. knew even though you feel like you're growing up in the city it's all white, they, all white too. All white too, yeah, is, back then for sure. Right. 
And so when I got in the military, I, I got in my first real fight. It was a guy, with a guy from Baltimore. His name was Alton, and it was not pretty, but we made it through. But as you continue to go through, you meet all these different people. Like my first suite mate, I, they didn't call them suite mates, but basically Barbara we had, yeah, you had like a Jack and Jill bathroom that you okay. shared. Uh, it was me and this guy from Iowa whose parents were like the Hell's Angels that had passed away. And he grew up in like a Hell's Angels bar. Like they wow. didn't they didn't take him to like child Sons protective service. Yeah, like he, he got picked up. Someone's like, yeah. we got to raise this kid. And then the two guys next door were straight from like Louisiana and Alabama, two black guys that had never really seen a white guy. So it was this right. really interesting like melting pot. And I remember the guy from Louisiana, he would throw his toilet paper in the trash can. And so we'd go in and it's like, it smells here. What's going on? And he's like, you can't flush that. Like it doesn't go down the toilet. Cause he's from like lower Louisiana, right, you right, know, right. Louisiana where right. they're below sea level. And so they have to, so it was just, right. it was an interesting, wow. you know, that's where I really grew up is in the army meeting completely different people all across the board. Right. So did you, where was this at? Fort Drum, New York. Well, I went to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri for basic training, went to airborne school in Fort Benning, Georgia, and then was at Fort Drum, New York. So, okay. So. And, and you, how long were you deployed very quickly after that? Four years. And so you were deployed to where? Bosnia. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went to Bosnia and Kosovo. Um, actually, when I went through, uh, they call it advanced individual training. Um, I was an engineer, which is basically everything from construction to like blowing stuff up. Right. And uh, so in the class that I sat, um, Timothy McVeigh went through that same class, the Oklahoma City model. Oh, yeah. So he was, he was, that's kind of what they were teaching us, how to use C4 for explosives and all this stuff. And so when I got to Bosnia, we would use like bulldozers that they had welded armor on to like clear fields to build helipads. So it was like construction work, kind of just mm -hmm. weird, weird stuff. So, so how long were you, did you see any sort of action? I mean, no stuff happening around there. <clears throat> yeah. It, I mean, it was, it was, um, it was a peacekeeping mission. It was after the, the war in Kosovo. And, uh, so we were there kind of, it was still like heated like the Serbian mm -hmm. sector. They didn't, it's, you learn about this, like the, the Russians don't like the Bosnians and the Serbians. And so, um, so there was like little tensions, but there was no like gunfire or anything. It was just basically right. rebuilding, you know, right. we'd go in and, and, but we'd go out to these cities and you'd see like people in diet, like eating outside on a patio and there's like bullet holes, like through the buildings. It was, it was pretty surreal. So did you have those moments where you're like, like, I, I, I'm glad I did this, but I can't wait to get out. Or did you just like, you're like, this is a, I, this was a good decision. No, everything in my life has never been really thought through. Okay. So, and even when I'm, even when I'm in it, it's like, it's like you just kind of just go. And yeah. uh, so I didn't think much of it at the time. Um, I didn't know that they had an army volleyball team. It was like, okay. uh, like a half a year into my service. And like, you know, they have this team, right? And you play volleyball. I'm like, can I do that? And I had to like fill out a letter for my captain. He's like, you can play. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a decent player. So you go to tryouts and I made the team and I made the all armed forces team. And so for, three months out of the year, I'd get to travel and play volleyball, which was pretty cool. That's and cool. Yeah. It kind of led to my collegiate stuff because I, my last year was in Hawaii and we scrimmaged the Hawaii team and they had offered me a scholarship and I was homesick. So I ended up going down to U of A. Okay. So after New York. Yeah. So you came to back to Arizona or came yeah. to Arizona? Came to Arizona. Um, had an opportunity to play volleyball. It, it's a long story to get into, but U of A had a pretty good program that was known. And um, so went down there, uh, had... A, a guy paying for my school basically to to play volleyball and then was also club? It was a club it was a club team okay. but he, this this millionaire guy loved volleyball yeah. and loved u of a so he would basically go to teams that just won national championships and say you want to get your grad school paid for yeah and so we had this juggernaut of a team that we'd go beat 
you know the top level teams in the country, even the right. Division One teams. We we kill them. So it's funny having to explain that explain that though, because it's almost like a defensive defensive sort of thing. Because yeah, dude, I played. It's the same way with soccer. Same yeah. way with hockey. Up yeah. U of A had an incredible hockey program. Yeah, ASU does now. Yeah. yeah, and it's all club. Yeah, but it's some it's it's like donors that just like want to pay for these kids to go to school, basically, or, or at least some of it. Yeah, and it's like one of the guys I played with yeah. won like the Huntington Beach Open. Like, right. like they're just we were just a, we were really good yeah. program. So actually, they beat Hawaii. Uh, we beat Hawaii, and it was televised. And they said you're not welcome back here because if we lose to you we lost to a club yeah, team yeah, yeah. and if we win it's like you should beat them it's a club team so <laughs> right. so anyway i was down there um i was in a band uh and played volleyball and didn't really study much i remember you know i'm, I'm a 21 year old freshman at this time you know right. and so you you come into school after being in the military for four years you have a different level of of culture uh, maturity this, yeah almost. yeah you've seen more stuff and right. you understand the the bs of, right. of life and so I signed up and they're like, yeah, your first classes are religion 101, Greek mythology, and something else. I'm like, I want to be a business major. Like, what does that have anything right. to do with? So school was never really taken very seriously by me. So since I was in this band with older guys, they were all graduating. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be here. I don't know. you know. And so they, they originally had gotten jobs at Abercrombie and & Fitch. And so I, I said, hey, get me an interview. And they're like, you have to have a degree. And I'm like, just get me an interview. You know, I'll figure it out. And I uh, ended up being a manager at one of the Tucson malls uh, down there and Within six months, they're like, hey, we have a, an, a, a job opening for an assistant manager at the Abercrombie and Glendale Mall, California. And I was like, my dad's there. I can yeah. go try and get into acting. You know, that was the whole idea is I wanted to be an entertainer. And so I packed up and drove out to California and started working at Abercrombie and Fitch. And that was when I got into doing some right. acting stuff. But what I really found out is that I loved management. I loved being recognized for doing something right. You know, yeah. and so every time I would do that, I would get a promotion. And so I moved from, you know, Glendale to Manhattan Beach. I lived right on the beach. And from there, I became a district manager. Um, and they long, long uh, term ended up back in Arizona. I managed the Chandler Mall and, and Desert Ridge. And, um, you know, but at that point, I'm Desert Ridge out of Abercrombie and Fitch. I had a Hollister. Oh, OK. A Hollister. It's all under so, the same umbrella. Yeah, under right? the same umbrella. And so, uh, so yeah, so I moved back to Arizona. Um, at that point I started losing my hair and putting on weight and I didn't really look like an Abercrombie guy anymore. Um, and so I got out of, this is a funny, uh, you didn't ask, but a funny transition into the mortgage business. So I, I got out uh, of Abercrombie and Fitch. I was going to try and be a, be a pharmaceutical sales rep because right. my sister was. And I thought if I can get a call, I got this job without a college degree, I can get that one. So I was <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that was not the case. So, uh, I ended up, I was selling shoes at Nordstrom at Chandler mall, right. trying to figure out how I could get into pharmaceutical sales. And a guy walked in, he's now a professor at U of a, um, his name was John Jackson. And he had this LA hat on. I sold him like four pairs of like $500 shoes. And he's like, Hey, you're a good salesman. You should get into mortgages. And I was like, nah, man, I'm good. Like, I've heard about you guys. Like, my yeah. buddy worked for a brokerage and was just, like, ripping like, people dude, off. I was at Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not going to go be a mortgage downs. guy. Um, so, <laughs> literally, an hour and a half later, these two guys come in. This really, really gregarious uh, um, Arab guy named Saeed. Mm -hmm. And I sold him uh, a couple pairs of expensive shoes. And he goes, hey, you should be in mortgages. I'm like... What company do you work for? He goes, Syntex Home Equity. I'm like, there was a, are you a recruiting shoe salesman? Because there was a guy just in here, and he goes, what do you look like? And I said, L.A. Hat. He goes, that's John Jackson. He runs the, He's one of the top guys in Syntex. And I'm like, I'm good. And he goes, I guarantee you make 10 grand your first month. And I was like, all right. Like, I'm quitting right. now. I'm going right. to go try this. Right. And uh, so my first month uh, at Syntex Home Equity, uh, I closed like 
21, 18 to 21 loans after going through your training and stuff and made just over 20 grand. I was like, this is insane. Wow. It was right at the height of the, you know, right. the subprime refi boom. So I'm calling all my buddies. I'm like, get over here. We had an office in Tempe and just lived the life, you know, from, yeah. for those four years before it all fell apart, you know, we yeah. were, you know, all, it was like straight out of swingers. You know, we all drove yeah. a Mercedes or a BMW and we'd go to the clubs in Scottsdale, yeah. each, drive our own car and valet it like idiots. Right. And at the sanctuary. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I was doing the medical sales. So pharmaceuticals yep. and medical devices when I was watching all my friends do mortgages and they're here now. Yeah, yeah. And that was one of the reasons why I ended up coming here in the long term, but we'll get into that. But it really was exactly what you're saying. I was sitting there going like, dude, I'm the guy over in this world, like the medical device world, pharmaceutical yeah. sales world that everybody supposedly wants to be at. But why are my friends rich? Yep. And they're all, like you said, like, Dude, people were taking like limos to yeah. the sanctuary, like on a Friday night in their black Kenneth Cole square toes. Yep. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I was always envious of that. So I get it. I get where waxy, you're spiky from. hair. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. A lot of that. Lot Isn't of that. it funny how much you never know? Probably oh. today we still don't know anything about what's going on. Oh, I do. We certainly don't know. Yeah. Like Jay likes to say, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know a lot. But yeah. All right. So Centex home. So it was a. Um, it wasn't a, a home building, right? No, it wasn't a, so there was Syntex Home Builder, and then Syntex okay. Home Equity was like a subprime refinance lead-generated okay. shop. I mean, you're okay. sitting in the cubicle, phones ring, and we had – it was like a fraternity at this place. Right. And uh, we did really well. I, again, I, I, I thrived as in management, and so I was a manager within – we started as an operations manager within about a year, uh, maybe not even that long. And part of becoming a branch manager, you had to do this interim assignment. And I was single and no kids. And so I was like, you tell me where to go. I'll go. Right. And like, well, we need to go to Seattle. So I go to Tacoma, Washington, Seattle, and took an underperforming branch. This was pre-licensing and all that stuff. So I would literally go in, and I was like a cleaner. If I yeah. came to your office, it was not good news. And so I would go in, and I would let you know most of the people go. And then I would go to the bars at night, yeah. and I would recruit bartenders with the same pitch that I got. Hey, you want, you'll make ten grand your first month. And so these guys, I'm like, you can keep being a bartender. Just come during the day. This is boiler room. Yeah, it was, it was personality over professionalism. Right. And, um, but it worked, you know. So were you guys taking loans from, like, contract to close? And like, or was it just like you just needed to get them in the door? Or back a, then it was probably wasn't obviously as stringent. So. No, it was, it was a call center, but you had these little branches that would have their own processor, and okay. we'd send them off for underwriting. Okay. And that was back when if you got an underwriting condition, you would call them and say, just take that off. And they'd go, right. okay, no problem. <laughs> right, like, that right, was right. just how it was. And we saw what happened after that. Yeah. But um, So I went from, it's like an Eagles song. I went from Phoenix, Arizona, all the way to Tacoma, Skipped Philadelphia, but then ended up in L.A. So I, I went back to California, uh, Ventura, California, um, was there. I was living in corporate apartments for like a year and a half. But everywhere I'd go, I'd get a raise. And I'm, you know, yeah. I'm young kid. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. So um, long story short, I ended up in uh, Newport Beach, living on the, on, the, on the water, had a great place, was making more money than I ever thought I would at that right. time, you know. And uh, I had a VP come in. He's like, hey, we're not funding loans anymore. And I was like, okay, like, for how long? He's like, Ever. we're not funding loans anymore. And I'm like, okay. And he was a friend of mine, so he's like. Was this 07, 08? Uh, 07, yeah, 07, 07, late 06 going into 07. And he's like, uh, I'm like, well, what do you want me to do with the guy? He's like, just keep having him take applications. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And he's like, in a couple months, we'll let you know. So um, we, we knew what happened after that. Very quickly, right. everything fell apart. I ended up trying to open a brokerage in Durango, Colorado, which was a complete failure. I had no idea what I was doing. All I mm -hmm. knew was lead generation, yeah. and I didn't know how to buy them or do anything. 
within about six months, um, this was into 2008, uh, there was a, a thought that they were going to reopen Syntex Home Equity and call it Nation Star Mortgage, which is now Mr. Cooper. But um, they were going to reopen Tempe and they're like, come to Dallas, we'll get you ready. And then you can go run that, that center. And then there was a second downturn. I don't know if you remember that or if you were in the business at that time. It was a second little dip. And they're like, never mind, we're not doing that. So I'm like, well, I got to get back to Phoenix. So I, I took a job with this place called Hunter Financial Group. Um, same brokerage type. at this point? No, it's, it's oh. a, another little um, correspondent center. lender. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it was smaller. Yeah, right. um, had a team of about 36 uh, loan officers in there that eventually got to that point. Um, but it was always you know, either sitting in a cube or sitting in a de- an office managing people sitting in a cube that was, and when I, I say sitting in a cube, not in a bad way, more like it was calls. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was, it was call just, center. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was right. definitely um, not real. You know, yeah. it was, it was very um, un- unauthentic. So but that's not really your personality either. Like you're not like you're face to face, belly to belly guy. And you're like spent all this time doing basically the opposite of what that is. Yeah. But you're good on the phones, but um, I was good with the employees. I had, yeah, I had right. people that worked. Actually, you, you, you know, Pete Levis worked for me at Hunter oh, Financial really? Group. Yeah, he's now with us over yeah, in Tempe. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it was a situation where I just knew management. I didn't yeah. know really that I was a relationship guy. I had no idea. Um, and it got to the point where... Well, back up a second. So yeah. when you say you, you knew management... And so in that space, what were you really managing? Were you managing a P&L or were you just managing to make sure that your people were cool? Everything was okay. If they had questions, they'd come to you, you'd help them through stuff. You're like a coach. Yeah. We, okay. So Yeah. And so okay. slowly make, you know, making my way to what I do now. Yeah. I, I wasn't really, we did run a P&L, but I, I managed people and that, yeah. that just comes back to relationships and sales. Sure. And so that's, that's what it was. And so, you know, I'd have guys that would bring me a deal and go, Hey, I'm competing with Quicken and they've got this rate. And we're, you know, and I'd get on the phone and tell the guy, you know, stay on. So it it finally got to the point, uh, my wife was pregnant. We just bought a house and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in the, I I need to get out and and do something else. I was going to get out of the mortgage industry altogether. I had no idea that this even existed. Had you, had you already like overextend yourself and like, but financially oh 100 percent. okay so when s- things are starting to dip down you guys had to make a decision if you're going to stay in the business like most people did but it was also how you going to pay your bills sort of stuff or was it that bad ever um i never i never really worried about that okay. i never worried about money and i should have i was definitely in a situation where i should be worrying your, about money your, your dad's exactly. personality yeah. of like just it'll it'll we'll fi- see what happens it'll find it it'll it'll work itself out yeah which drives my my wife nuts, but right, right. Um, so yeah, at the time, I mean, literally, we were pregnant and just bought a house, and I quit. I didn't have any job on the horizon. I had no idea what I was doing, and my wife was like, "Really? Like we didn't have a nest egg saved right. up? We were, I mean, we were month to month, right. paycheck to paycheck." And uh, so I got a call from a headhunter out of Texas, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to? You know, we want you to be a, a manager for us." for this retail platform, and I was like, "Retail? And yeah, we deal with realtors and relationships, and like that's something I'm good at. Let's try that." So they flew me out to a mastermind in Palm Desert. And keep in mind, my opinion of a loan officer at this time was like the guy that took too Golf many thing. smoke breaks. Yeah, right, like right, I had right, to right. go be like, get back on the phone. You've only right. been talking for, you know. Right. And so I get there and it's like, everyone's wearing like Rolexes. And it's and I'm like, are you guys the managers? And they're like, no, I'm just a loan officer. I'm like, this, oh, is, like, weird. Oh, this is a real job? Yeah, this is a real job. <laughs> oh. And I remember we sat there and this guy, Jeremy Forcier, I don't know if he's still in the business or not, but he's up there on the panel and he's like, I knew I made it when I was driving my Lamborghini down the 405 and I got a call from a client that I'd never heard of. And they said, thank you for taking care of me. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is what a loan officer is. 
Yeah, so so I I ended up at Suburban. Yep. Um, and really at that Which point, a lot of the guys here actually were they were either there or connected, news, very connected with yeah. Suburban. Um, so Suburban, I thought, you know, at this point I've named, you know, five different places that I've worked and I was starting to get in my head about like, I can't keep moving around. Like this is not good for my reputation. And so I said, I'm going to stay there. Um, and then something happened where the owner, uh, was kind of exiting and he didn't leave the company to my mentor who actually used to work with Jay, you know, our, our CEO here Yep. and new Papa Jack and all these guys. And so it was, there was a close relationship with those guys. And so, um, I was to how I got here. I was at a, um, a, uh, pub crawl um with a, a realty group that i worked with and mike jones was there over okay. at Tempe office and i'd seen him at a couple different places and you know the egos in this business i was i was very concerned about you know this is the guy i'm competing with but i'm right. gonna be nice and mike was like laughing at my jokes and i'm like everywhere else i've gone it's been like standoffish and kind of yeah. like you know pooing right. me and he's got his hat on backwards yeah and and he, t-shirt. Yeah, exactly <laughs> and he's like he's like hey you know he's like why aren't you why aren't you working with us yeah we were, I mean, we were little on a patio yeah. and uh, there's, you know, mutual realtors around. He's like, tell them how fast we close loans. And we're kind of getting into that right. deal. And I was like, yeah, but we compete. And and so we tabled it for about a you know week and he called me for lunch. And he's like, you can have that whole account because I don't care. Right. He goes, you need to be with us. We're better with you here. You're going to be better with us. And right. so that was it. I had lunch with Kent and Mike and and that was, uh, they said, hey, you need to go up to corporate and, and meet Jay and, and Keith and those guys. So, and so do you remember where we met? Yeah, that was that was that, that I, corporate. I don't, exactly. Yeah, so that was that corporate. Uh, they said it was you know come meet with you know the leadership over there, and they brought me into an office. I can't remember which one it was, um, and we're sitting there, and it's me and Stuart and Keith and Papa Jack and Jay and Mike and Kent, and uh, they're like, "Where's Madrid? Where's Madrid?" And someone goes, "Oh, he's getting a massage," and I was like, <laughs> "Okay." <I'm> <laughs> That's, dude, that's, okay, keep going. No, it gets better. So, and I'm, you know, I'm meeting everyone for the first time. This is my introduction to the company. And Papa Jack's got on some cargo shorts and some New Balance, (laughs) you know, shoes. And you come walking in and you look like, you know, the Scottsdale guy. You know, I'm like, okay, here's this guy. And he goes, and you look at Papa Jack and you go, what are you wearing? Like, (laughs) I'm trying to make this place cool and you're walking around in New Balance sneakers. And instantly I was like. Okay, so that guy's that guy's important. He's got to be important, but he's not as important as that guy. And he can talk to him like that. Like this is yeah. This is what I, I'm starting to feel the vibe. So, so yeah, it was you know I, the the hard part was those guys knew my mentor. Yeah, and uh, they they were respectful of the fact that that was you know yes. And so so just so everybody knows I've only had a few massages here, but it is a perk that we yeah we do <laughs> offer for people. But I very very rarely do that. But that is funny. Jack loves wearing uh, sweatshirts. Yeah, uh, it it may have been sweatshirts. Is like going back to the time where where I was like very focused on like, dude, I really wanted to make that was coming out of like corporate America, and that one of the things that did bother me actually when I came to VIP was like Alan Fredersen would wear like a hoodie, yeah, like what and holes in his jeans to like the front desk. And this is when we were over in Chaparral, yeah, the, the other office. And I was like, dude, this is not good for like our whole. And so I was like, everybody's got to dress nicer. Yeah. Like, we've got to like make a better impression. Now, like, dude, all I want to do is wear vans. And yeah. like, I, it's like they've converted, well, not to that point, but right. like to like, like, you don't have to wear a suit every day. Like, you don't need to wear, like, who are we trying to pretend, like, yeah. to impress? Like, as long as you look good and you're presentable. Yeah. So, like, 
I felt like I needed to do this. Yeah. And I remember even having like the tailor coming to the office over there and like making Jay buy suits and yeah. stuff. Like you guys got, got to look better. Now Jay probably dresses up more than I do. Yeah. Um, I'm all about just like comfort, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not we, as important. We call uh, the Tempe tuxedo as a t-shirt with a sport coat, flip flops oh, and jeans. That's yeah. the Tempe oh, yeah. tuxedo. Oh yeah. Well, they, they definitely had never had that attitude that I did about the way, way you dress. But yeah. So let's talk about the, so the office down there. And so yeah. you are part of, you are part of the leadership group over there in Tempe. Um, and that kind of evolved into that, right? Yeah. So you got Mike, Mike Jones, Jay Ray and Kent Nielsen were kind of the original three. Yep. Jeff Tisdale, obviously. And then when you came on, you've been there for now, like five, three and a half years. years. Yeah, oh, three and a half years. Yeah. Three and a half years. Um, so through that, you've kind of been taking over a sales management role. Yeah, so I, I brought in a team. Uh, I had four or five people come with me uh, when I came over. Pete Levis was one of them. Um, a few operations people, Sherry, Bernadette, um, Tammy. So we had we had a pretty cool little crew coming over, um, and we had you know we had gone down the path of me kind of trying to coach them into becoming producers. And the goal is to always you know year over year try and double. And and a lot of those guys started with just getting their license. So, you know, we yeah. at Suburban we couldn't do these bonuses and hiring people on. So it was like if you're licensed and you want to get started. I'll do everything I can to get you there. And yeah. so it, I had to be, you know, without tooting my own, I had to be a good coach because if you don't hold people accountable to the things that need to be done, they're never going to make it. And that's hard in our business yeah. because there's no salary. So it's hard right. to make someone work every day when they don't get paid to work every day. You For know? Sure. And so when we got there, we kind of had some things moving and there was some, you know, those guys were doing well. And I saw what those guys had going on. And, you know, Mike and Kent they're and Jay, they're all producers, Jeff. I mean, they're, they're big time producers. So there was, there was less time to really dig into coaching and, and, you know, going through sales psychology and, and things to try and, and make the, make the team better. So, um, that's what I'm passionate about, you know, is it's trying to make people more successful and, and more happy. And yeah. so it just kind of worked, um, to where they brought me on and said, you can kind of run. So basically they said, bring your group into ours. We'll bring you onto our management team. And now you kind of handle right. this stuff. With, well, with I think that it goes back to like the, the con or the, the speaker that you saw in, uh, where we at in uh, Palm Springs, yeah, Palm, Palm Desert, Palm Desert or whatever, yeah. where he's like, you know, I knew when someone called me and said, Hey, thanks for doing my loan. And he's like, I never met the guy and even yeah, really yeah. know. So those guys have really done a really good job in, of creating and continue to create like the opportunity where, you know, people want to work for, want to work there. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the coolest offices, best guys ever. Right. Yeah. So people want to work there. They want to work hard for them, but they, they do they're not greedy either. So they provide opportunities for people to come in 100%. and like, okay, Aaron, like you want to roll with that dude, go do it. Yeah. And then we'll just pay you more money and you can do that. And we're going to build up, you know, we're going to train these people and these people are going to train these people. So eventually, you know, their day is, is overseeing like, okay, what's going on yeah. and giving every other people opportunities. So it's super cool that they've been able to do that, but they've yeah. been in the business for a long time. Really management heavy, but it works because yeah. everyone's producing. And so yeah. everyone does what they're good at, you know? And, so it's, it's, it's been awesome. Um, the, the, I think the better thing is that now we're starting to see the fruits of the labor start where you have, you know, guys that were, you know, doing one or two loans, doing four and five loans a month. And so it's becoming a career rather than a job. And, yeah. and, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it's become. So very so, happy. Um, Trisha and I were talking about this. Well, actually all three of us were, but it's sometimes in this show, you know, we're like so heavy focused on like, let's focus on like, the real stuff and yeah. like, you know, the trials and tribulations of life and stuff. And obviously we went through some of that stuff, but I think as we're going right now, I think that the direction is important for us to t talk a little bit about 
the company and like that location and you guys growing and people coming over there and you know like we don't do this really ever but i'm gonna just say like you guys it is an unbelievable place to be mm -hmm. and i'm not talking just vip mortgage i'm talking about the tempe branch right yeah vip is a corporation obviously it's great um but i always say like that that place is such a cool it's i love going there the greatest you know like mike and ken obviously ken and i are really tight um but if you're like a, an LO, and I've never done this before, I'm going to say this right now. To the yeah. If you're an LO out there and like you really aren't like super happy or you're kind of like looking, I need to be around a better environment. Yeah. Because that's what it is. The culture over there is, is so good. Second to none. You should check it out for yeah. real because they 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 do different everything a little bit different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and there is opportunity for, like Avi said, like you're, you're getting coached. Yeah. Um, and then you're not like a manager guy yeah. you're just like you're just like you're literally like helping everybody try to get better you and know that's one of the things that i think is a huge uh, problem in retail purchase business and it's actually come up a little bit more this year going through a refi boom because i had that experience running a big refinance pipeline where you're constantly competing over rates and timelines yeah. are getting stretched and all that stuff which we're dealing with quarantine or covid now um but i think there you have to really want to coach and manage people. You yeah. know, I think a lot of people in our business say, Hey, you are a big producer. We'll make you a branch manager and you'll get a couple of bips off each of these people. And, and mm -hmm. that's it. And then there's never really a desire to help those people get better. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was driving coming up to, to suburban mortgage, um, one day and I was listening to some speaker and it was talking about power questions and it was like, well, what do you want to be? And so I, going back to earlier parts of the conversation when I, you know, I was in a band, I wanted to play guitar. I wanted to be an actor. It, it really started to ask deeper questions of why do you want to do those things? And so it really, what it got down to is I want to make people happy. You know, it's not that I wanted to be a rock star. I just yeah. know playing a guitar by a campfire and drinking is, you know, people like that. Yeah. So it became entertaining. And then, you know, helping people when I become a manager and I liked helping things get better, it just kind of, it kind of worked into it. So it, that's kind of what, when, when your sister asked me, what do I, you know, what's your bio? It's like, this just kind of became mortgages just became a, a conduit or a vehicle for me to try and make people more happy and more successful. I do the same thing with coaching volleyball Right, and 17 year old girls and people are like, why do you do that? It's because it's fulfilling what my goals in life are, which is to make people happy right. and more successful. So, and I think we both have the same philosophy on like the relationships we build and, and where we get our business. And we, you know, Stuart and I, we've, we're very heavy on relationships yeah. and, and working with referral partners that we're friends with or that we like that, that, that understand, you know, that we're good at what we do and we don't really want to get into the like, like arguments and fights with yeah. over, over deals when we, we know what we're doing and this is the situation. So why not? This business is hard enough that people don't understand that part of it. Mm -hmm. Like that, the back end side of it, it's hard, dude. Yeah. And, and having people that understand and trust you and like you, it makes it, tolerable in yeah. that aspect right and it makes it fun because it can get rough yeah and um so going into like the volleyball side of things like like a big referral source for you it's is the volleyball community because you've yeah. been in it forever and like you, you've been coaching for for probably the, since you got out of college right? yeah yeah <laughs> so get on the so your daughter has played or no no my daughter's still young so oh, I, okay. I but for for me, I wanted my kids to be raised around the game because okay. every kid that I coached that was good had a parent or someone that was involved. And so, right. you know, and I'm just passionate about the sport. I love playing volleyball. I love coaching volleyball. Once I, you know, couldn't play as well as I, yeah. I used to, it became like, can I pass that information on? And so I've, I've been really fortunate. I mean, 
I would say probably 90% of the kids that I've coached have gone on to play Division One volleyball, um, which is a very large percentage. And a, a large percentage of that percentage is going on a full-ride scholarship. So yeah. um, every year there's a realtor in our in our team, you yeah. know, the realtor's daughter on our team. Or, you know, I, I picked up a deal the other day because uh, a girl's moving here from out of state to play for this club team and her parents are moving here. And so wow. it's just a quick conversation. Yeah. And so a lot of my business comes from that. Real Talk is brought to you by escrow the letter s grow disorganization and constant communication are huge problems in the real estate journey and it's an issue that i think most real estate agents well at least some real estate agents uh struggle with in their crm systems there's a lot of options out there and a lot of people have different ones and when i'm speaking with the agents that are that we work with or that are our referral partners the big hurdle is the actual creation of the templates and actually creating the the automation that goes out for milestones. So escrow kind of takes all that away. So everything's pre-written for you. You have multiple choices to to go from um, to choose from. I'm sorry. Visit escrowcrm.com for more information. So how old were you when you're like, all right, I'm, I'm working in the mortgage business. I'm busy as hell. Um, but I still think it's a good idea to go coach. And now coach at night yeah. <laughs> and leave my wife and kids. Yeah. So, well, it started out for, there was a, there was a break. So I started at 24, um, 25, basically just when I started getting into the, the mortgage business. Um, and I coached for two seasons. Um, and then I started doing all the traveling and I couldn't do it. So once I kind of got resettled here, um, I started coaching at a club um, in the East Valley, uh, East Valley Juniors, very prominent club, been around for a long time. Um, and the first year was kind of just to see if I liked it. And then the next year I got moved on to this top level team. And it was like all these kids are, you know, freak yeah. athletes. And you just, you can't believe that, right. you know, these 15 year olds are always six girls foot, or boys, always girls. I okay. did boys a couple of seasons, okay. but boys were a little bit of a, a pain. They didn't like to listen as much. So, Great. and it's a different game. Girls are fun to coach. They are. And it's a, it's a different game. It's yeah. completely different. Um, so, uh, a few years there, um, actually quite a long career there. Um, had a lot of kids moving in. I recently just moved over to probably one of the most elite clubs in the country called storm, um, storm elite. They're in, they're in central Phoenix. Um, but, so there's a lot of Xavier girls. A lot, lot of Xavier girls, but they're, now they're kind of coming from everywhere. Okay. Um, even this year, you know, with, with COVID, we have kids coming. You know, we have a kid that's committed to BYU that's coming out here to play from Vegas. They, they commute. Oh, wow. To play for this club team. That's how, Jeez. That's how dominant it is. So, wow. yeah, this year we have kids going to USC and North Carolina and San Diego State. So any BYU. girl that's on that team is pretty much going to go play D1 Pretty somewhere. much guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. So wow. it's good. And, and you have, you know, the, the parents that are putting a lot of money into that. It's kind yeah. of their college fund, you know, because right. it's expensive to, to, to play there. So, um, yes, it's been it's, – it's also just a level of, you know, competitiveness. And I think – when I think about the, the business and how it relates to that outside of, you know, helping people and, and, you know, becoming more successful yeah. is it's doing it in my opinion, there's four ways to do everything, but it's doing it the way that I want to do it. And this club actually picks up the same thing. It's like, for me, I worked with those realtors that treated me like I was, yeah. you know, nothing, you yeah. know, and Hey, Beneath I need them. you to, yeah, I need you to be here and do this. Right. And they treat you like crap. And so I went through that whole and so my, my business has now gotten to the point where I can do it the way that I think is right um, and where it works for me. So that's that's basically the transition. Right. So 
you focus on on the relationships the same way we do the people you want to work with and you're going to get business regardless of the fact but so going back to because i coached i did the same sort of thing with soccer for a long mm -hmm. time and in just because you're a good player doesn't mean you're going to be a necessary good coach no right and so there's also a process of learning how to coach right uh -huh. because it's there's it goes way deeper than than the player even has any idea because you have to know everything about everything and you have to also you were an athlete so a lot yeah. of things just maybe came natural so when you got into coaching did you did you struggle with that a little bit or did you have, like did you did you have were you assisting like how did it work yeah i assisted and actually one of the one of the people that um i assisted her name's jamie jamie rome um she was an all-american at ucla in arkansas and just a stud coach but she i was learning aspects of the game because i was a guy i played yeah. men's version of volleyball which is you know more a little bit more high athletic higher pace you know um shorter rallies and stuff like that so it is a completely different game and so I started learning from her how to do certain certain skills that I'd never learned. Um, and then you then you kind of start to apply, you know, what you know about people. And I think, you know, you and I are both very similar. Is that just comes naturally. Yeah. It's how do I relate? And how do I get um, this particular kid to, how do I get the most out of that kid when she's the number, by far the most athletic, best player on the team, but still is a shy 16-year-old kid? Right. You know, how do I instill some sort of confidence? How do I get them yeah. ready to compete? And so... It, 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 it's just like everything else. I mean, I think quite everything to me comes down to people, right. whether it be, um, business relationships, um, casual interactions, you have yeah. to know how to read and how to, how to appeal to, yeah. to people. Especially with like focusing, and I, was, I don't know if this is even the right thing to say, but like you got females on a team, different personalities, mm -hmm. clicks, You've got the quiet ones. You've got the loud ones. Yep. You've got the you know the kid that might be kind of you know off just quirky one day away yeah, yeah. from maybe doing something yep. that they shouldn't be doing. Yep. Which you know the, where's the drive? You got the kid that's maybe not the best, but it's got the most drive to try to be better. And you got the most athletic one that doesn't really want to work hard. Yep. And you've got to deal with the personalities and the parents. The parents. Parents bring in a whole out I mean, of control. Parents are the reason why a lot of people kids. I mean, why a lot of coaches quit? Yeah. Right. Hundred <laughs> percent. Because you know their their perception of the best. I always thought like the best parents were the ones that kind of like you didn't know where they were or yeah. like their kid dropped them off and yeah. that was pretty much how you rolled and they're just like cool you know let it go. Um, but in your situation, when you're dealing with that high athlete, those kids are such high athletes. There's a good chance their parents were as well, especially like you got a six foot two, you know, girl on the team. Yeah. their parents were probably pretty tall. Yeah, so I know you have to be dealing with like ex. Pro athletes, Ton, college tons athletes. of professional athletes. Uh, I had one team where three of the daughters were daughters of not only collegiate volleyball players, but daughters of club coaches. So oh. I had three other coaches <laughs> watching every move that I make, right. making decisions on what should be done. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, but the, the thing that's different, I think, for me is, you know, when people ask me what my job is, I, I jokingly say I'm a professional volleyball coach. Yeah, and they go really. I'm like, well, yeah, I have to do mortgages to pay the bills because this doesn't pay anything. Right, but, right, right. But the the fact that I love it so much and that's my hobby. Yeah, I don't have to, I I don't have to buy into the BS of how everybody else does it. Right, you know, I can do it my way, and so yeah. it's really easy for me when I have a parent. I had a parent that's a very prominent guy here yeah. in, in the valley, and he was complaining to me about something I was doing. I said, listen, I totally understand. What is your background with volleyball? Did you play? Did you coach? Yeah. And he's like, no. And I'm like. 
I know more than you about this. I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you everything that you want to hear and don't want to hear, but I'm going to be honest with you because I don't care. I'm not, I'm right. not worried about getting fired. I'm not worried about not making money doing this. I do it because I love the game and I like right. your kid a lot too, you know? Yeah. So, so that's, um, and those relationships have carried on. You know, I think there's, there is an aspect of somewhere down the road. I think this year was the first year I took an application for a kid that I coached and right. she called me that's and she's awesome. like, Hey, I knew you were, I knew, I'm buying my first house. I wanted you to help me. Wow, you know, and so those relationships are, yeah. are long lasting, and and they're they're real, and I think that's having a real relationship is very different, very different than having a relationship. I've had a relationship with realtors that were not very nice to me, and I don't really talk to them anymore. But right, right. the growth that I've had over the last couple of years is from meeting people through other people saying, "Hey, who do you know that's cool? That's a realtor that does a lot of business yeah. that you think I'd get along with." And so now they're friends, and right. we talk, and it's it's not always about business, and they trust me, and they don't. Yeah. They don't tell me that I need to do something for them. They just say, hey, you're here. Can you take yeah. care of this person? So, You've got like a, like a nice little syndicate of like very, very loyal realtors that are like your friends. They trust you. Yeah. And it's not that, you know, not everything goes perfectly, obviously, always. But, sure. But I mean, that's the ideal situation, getting yourself into a situation where you're, you're dealing with people that treat you well yeah. and understand the side of it all. But yeah, you've done a good job with that side. I think that people kind of don't know you you have a sneaky business yeah i mean you do good business and you and and but you're not like you're not really you're an even kind of keel dude that doesn't really get too upset too yeah. much about it much I, and i i did that yeah. you know it's like that was when you i learned. first got into it i'm like this is what it's like and i remember i had an open house for the guys like hey bring champagne and bring a waiter and i paid like a ton of money right. like four people showed up and i was yeah. like this is stupid. And then the guy made me feel stupid about being there. I'm like, you didn't is... promote it well enough or what? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like, that's not who I want to work with. So, um, a guy, Eric Miller, who was my first real realtor that did business and was cool. And, yeah. and we're still friends this day. He introduced me to my financial planner. He's a good friend of mine now who now we do business together. Yep. Those are the relationships that kind of fostered my business. And over the last couple of years, I'll give a shout out uh, to Madison Bleen at um, Lawyer's Title. She's she's an incredible person. She's cool. We yep. get along. There yep. was never a sit down of like, hey, let's do some business together. Hey, let's yeah. build. There's never been a business conversation between Madison and I. Yeah. It was, hey, I'm going to the open. You don't have tickets here. Do you want to go? Bring a couple of realtors that you think I'd get along with. Yeah. And she brought two realtors that I've become friends with, and they're yeah. cool, and we do business together now, and they and they do a lot of business. Yeah. And so she's it's like, a beast. And, yeah. And I mean top 1% I saw or something like that and all of Fidelity. Um, and she's mainly East Valley or? I, I don't know. Yeah, you don't I, know. That's, yeah, that's I don't how. Here's, I mean, I will get into her for a second because yeah. I know she's done a, a good job for you. But this is something that I talked to. I can't remember who we had, had this conversation with on this show though. But it's like the realtor with the, with. there's a ton of cool mortgage people, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the same on the title side, right? So, yeah. so I love Madison and then there's a, ton of them that i'm like close with dude i'm like dude who do you use yeah <laughs> right yeah and it's like who's gonna provide you the most value but it's a tough struggle sometimes when you have to you're like oh i'm friends with five so it's like on the flip side with like they're, they're dealing with the same thing we're dealing with on the realtor side like yeah. who do you want to work with yeah but i know she's she's awesome and and then you know chris medina on the west side um you know they're like counterparts they're both yeah. just they both murder it but she, they're both but specifically her that I know of that she's, uh, you know, working with a lot of the guys out on the East side. So that's why I was just, yeah. That, so. Well, she commented on, I, I think I posted something that I'm going to be on the show and she commented and said, this is going to be good. And I was like, Hey, your name's probably going to come up. Yeah. And I just brought it up. I, I said it at that moment because I know what, it, what she's done to kind of help me out. And I didn't really expect to bring it up in that nature, but, yeah. um, I knew it would come up because that's, 
that's where my business is now gone, where I'm going to work with cool people that are real. And th- and I know a ton of cool title reps out there. I know a ton right. of cool agents. I have a cool agent yeah. that I will never want to work with. Right. He's a friend. I don't yeah. want to work with him yeah. because we don't, we don't mesh that way, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, so, and, and Madison and I have had some agents where we thought it would work out. And then we realized that that person is not the type right. of person that we want to work with. And so we've been like, eh, we're out with that right, one. Right, right. But the, that's, that's where, um, that's where I think, um, you know, again, we talked earlier about you never really know what you don't know and yeah. you don't know anything. Right. I don't know how long this is going to last for me to do either the type of business that I'm doing or uh, the job. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I've never been one to try and plan too far ahead. And so, however, where it's at right now feels right, where I'm dealing with, I'm working with people that, that fit the mold of of who I want to be around. And it's, and it's doing enough to compensate me enough to do the things I love, like coach volleyball and spend time with my family. So that's, I feel like this is the greatest industry in the world to be in as a loan officer, because I mean, go back to the beginning of the story. I'm a college dropout that was in the military that was broke and didn't know what he was going to do. And now I'm fortunate enough to, to be living a life that I consider very successful, right. you know? So, um, and it's, and it's now through relationships that that's happening. So I think that uh, work-life balance is a huge part of this specific show too. It's like, we're like, what are you doing outside of work? Because, you know, a lot of people just work. Mm-hmm. I mean, people here, some really close friends of ours, Yeah, uh, they just, that is like their hobby, right? Just grind, 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 yeah. grind, which is fine. That's, that's it's each his own. <clears throat> I personally didn't like, I like the aspect of this job. I left corporate America to come here to do, to be able to have the autonomy to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Right. You know, it takes time to get to that point where you can, and we all have to work hard and our jobs are working hard. Even though you're coaching, you're still working mm-hmm. because you're building relationships. I mean, it's like, oh, I'm going to dinner tonight. Well, not everybody at that dinner is like somebody like I'm totally going to, like yeah. I would have picked maybe to go to that dinner because there are opportunities to always, you know, get business. And you're, I mean, this is a big reason for this podcast, yeah. right? Is to, you know, it's like a PR sort of deal for, for us, yeah. everybody on it. Um, our company, Stuart and our business. So it's self-serving in some aspects, but it's also the ability to, you know, for people to watch and see something and maybe be inspired a little bit about, you know, how they want to roll and how they want to design their life because, you know, it's, everybody's gone through stuff. Yeah. And obviously you've, even though it's, it sounds like, Yours was a struggle somewhat, sure. right? Oh, 100%. Been, you've had some positive Trust, moments yeah. at this time, but obviously, dude, you know, I hear this stuff and I'm like, going, uh, yeah, like, dude, having to go through, you know, the military and nothing, you, you're spinning everything, everything was awesome. It was at the time. Right. And yeah. you've, you've turned it into that, but, um, you know, now you've designed this life that, that, that works for you and you've got, like you said, you got you know, a new house on Gilbert. Yeah. You know, you've got young daughters, yep. right? And uh, obviously you're married. Um, I think it's for, for, for me, it's like the coolest thing because you're doing exactly what I think what I would do or I am doing, except for I'm not coaching anymore, but I think, I think the, the, the difference and why I wanted to, why I was like, yeah, absolutely. I want to come talk to you about is just, we've, we've become friendly, you know, and friends through me working here and running into each other at events and things like that. And there, and this is, you know, the same thing with Tempe is what makes it, what makes it so great is that it's honest, you know, there's, yep. there's a, I said that in my post, there's so many, not to, not to knock, but there's so many phony people and it, and the bar to become a good loan officer, to become a good realtor, to become, it's so low, you know, and, and you can become a great realtor doing it the, 
in my opinion, the wrong way. Yep. And so when I talk about attaching myself with real people, when you're like, come on the show, I, I knew we weren't going to come on here and be like, so where do you think the market's going to go in the next six months? <laughs> like, cause you and I both know that nobody knows, right. like, you know, it's, right. so let's, let's just have a conversation right. about how we've gotten to this point and where it goes from here. And yeah, going back to like my sister, when she came over here, um, God, you've been here for two months, three months now. Yeah. And you know, one of the biggest problems we have here, I think is, we have a ton of tools, probably every company. I shouldn't even sure. say here, every company, right? Yeah. They, they create opportunities for LOs with different tools and things to, to help help with their realtors and build their business and all that sort of stuff. So she was talking to Papa Jack. Yep. And so for everybody who doesn't know who that is, that's one of the owners, the principal owner's dad, who yep. kind of got everybody into the business. Um, so he was talking to, he's kind of the mentor here. So he was talking to Trisha. And he's like, she's like, well, who can I talk to? You know, I need to get, you need to go get your license. But she's like, well, who should I talk to within the company? And immediately he said, you and Jason Fremo, because you were using some of the, where you're using almost all the tech, all the the tools, right? As much as I can, yeah. You're big on the the technology side of things. I know you jumped right into Salesforce kind of when, when, when you came over, which took for everybody, mostly anybody came here or or even existed here. We kind of, kind of had a force into using the CRM system that now we use that is a huge efficiency tool for our company. Um, but we have the escrow tool. Zunami. was helping. We yeah. said Zunami. And uh, I'm also one of those people that's just not great at adapting and, and adopting yeah. those tools as well. But you're, you're one of the best, if not the best. So obviously that was the first person that you, know, you were supposed to call. So what are you doing with those tools Yeah. Now? No. So you're right. Every company has them. Right. And, yeah. and I think the thing that for me, it's all kind of just always fallen into place. You know, I was in the military. You don't get to make decisions when you're in the military. You shave every day and right. you get up at 530 every day right. and you go run every day. And so when you get used to these decisions being made for you, it becomes easier to adopt them. Right. You know, so, um, you know, and every company that you go to is going to have a CRM is going to have the next flashy tool and this and that. And, and the buy-in is, is either there or it's not. And so for me, the buy-in's instant. I I'm, I'm a Kool-Aid drinker. The second you tell me this works, I, I tell 10 people that it works before right. I even start. Right. You know, I'm right. like, this is the way you want to do it. Right. Um, and part of it is probably a fake, you know, a phony, like, uh, believe it until you, right. until you learn right. it. Like, I'm just going to go yeah. and, and it's going to fall into place. So when it came to Spear, this is one thing that I think is different about VIP. And so what, Spear is our CRM system that's yeah, built on the uh, Salesforce, Salesforce platform. Yeah. platform yeah. And what's, what's interesting is every other place I've gone to, I've kind of learned, you know, I, I would have been a much better call center guy now knowing what I know. I, I think that's just life. Yeah. You know, you get better at yeah. things. And so what the difference is now that we got here, it was within maybe a month or two that I was showing Pavle. Pavle is our, our guy that runs all of our IT stuff here and, and builds a stick the right. software guy. That's who I brought over as well. Oh, did you? That's one I of didn't the know best that. We'll talk offline. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. That. So I'm sitting there and he comes over and he's like, "So how do you coach these guys?" And I show him this Excel sheet that I built, and it's yeah. and it's not like the you know Matt Goldberg you in our office. Pivots and no, baseline pivot is in there. It says the word pivot. <laughs> yeah, like I typed right, it in, right. um, and so. I, I just showed him, I'm like, this is where I go to kind of figure out who I want to go after. This is where I input manually input this information. This is where I do this. And he's like, we can build this within our system. And I'm not kidding you. It was like four days. Yeah. And I was like, it was like my dream. It was like something that I dreamt up and it was right. just done. I'm like, 
oh, cool. Yeah, now I can counter this, and this is where I can kind of make people go to do this. And so, so it was is that like a pipeline report, or is it your dashboard? It's a or? dashboard. Yeah, oh, it's okay. a dashboard. But it kind of the way I look at it, kind of reads like a calendar. I talked to Dave Gallegos, his oh, yeah. stud guy. I love that guy. And we we kind of just went over it because they had just adopted it. Yeah. And the second we kind of sat down and started mind melding, he was like. Yes. Now I see it. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and so you start to look at it as a calendar. It's been crazy this year with the refis. So we've yeah. kind of gotten away from it, but to be able to look and say, this is what I do on Monday. This is what I do on Tuesday. So for those people that need that structure, yeah. we have the software and the, the I, accountability I guess, partner. Yeah. The structure <laughs> yeah. built into yeah. it without having to pay $1,200 for a coach each month. That's going to yeah. tell you to do the same thing. I mean, it's all right there in front of you. So, right. so that escrow, you know, I've have, um, you know, I was talking to your sister about, um, you know, the realtors that I work with and they're all, incredible people and by no means are they like you know sheep they're not but i know them well enough that if i say hey this works they're going to yeah. adopt it and they're going to take it on yeah. so um and then tsunami obviously jason ran up all those guys i mean that's it's just amazing so tsunami so. to me is one of those ones that i think is there, there's if you go on instagram uh-huh. if you say tsunami today and talk about what it does it's going to be on your phone later on today. yeah, yeah. there's me yeah. other companies that do something similar to it but I mean, the fact that these guys put this together, basically, for everybody who doesn't know who it is, we try to talk about it, it's you can film a video on your phone, on your iPhone, right? And then you just send it through the app because they've, de- they've designed an app, right? Yeah. And they put like a header, a footer, they edit it, like professionally edit it because mm-hmm. they are professional. So they professionally edit it to make it look super nice, like as if like DSLR cameras are doing it. Yep. And, um, and it's just a monthly fee. And getting... And it's cheap, dude. Super cheap. Super cheap. And I was talking to a financial advisor recently that's doing his own videos, and he was asking me, he's like, and I, 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 I was like, dude, that's awesome. You're doing these. And he's like, dude, they're so hard. Like, I'm so stressed yeah. out about it because I'm not a good guy in front of the camera. I'm not good at it. And it was kind of brought up about like this because he's like, geez, your sister's doing such a good job. Or he you know, thought it was me. Right. Right. Because I'm not good at it either. Yeah. And, um, and so I was like, dude, you got to try this out. And... He was like, this is like a life changer because I spend so much time like literally just sitting there and we're doing like a commercial, but it's not really trying to be a commercial no, because it is a really efficient tool and and video is a hugely, um, I mean, it's going to be all that. People have been saying that for years, right? Yeah, you have to do it. And that, the funny thing about Zunami for me is, and Jason kind of laughed when I said this. I've started, it's a tool, right? Yeah. You can use it in a million different ways. I can, I can use a hammer to put a hole in the wall or to kill somebody, right? Right, so, right, right. And so well, not I, the second one. Uh, I could <laughs> if I needed to. Um, but the, uh, the concept that I, I started messing around with it just to kind of play with it. Yeah. So I, I had, you know, they have the scripts that you can yeah. preload. And so I had my nephew uh, read it. And yeah. he's, you know, he's 17 years old and he's right. like making a joke out of it. And, I was, and he's talking about the mortgage industry because I wrote the script for it. Yeah. And he looked really professional as a 17 year old. I'm like, hold on a second. Yeah. And so I told Jason, I'm like, I just want to write mortgage scripts and take it to like a bar and be like, Hey, read this and video. Cause you can film it. You can read right. the script while you're getting filmed. Oh, that'd be so, funny. Yeah. And so you can have some like drunk person. Yeah. Just talking just about, like, Oh, you know, rates yeah. are at all time low. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, I think the thing about uh, what's like, that thing called that, um, Oh, yeah, it's got yeah. a teleprompter built in it, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, it's it's awesome, and then, then, then the background, the post production work is what is where the money's oh, yeah. worth. Yeah, I can't believe they do it for that cheap. But I know. But the the again, just going back to and again, not to you know, I get recruited. All, we all get recruited all the yeah. time, and it's like I didn't come here for anything special. I didn't yeah. come here for the marketing. I didn't come here for you know right. pricing. As a matter of fact, some of the stuff I got I got less money to do here. You know, yeah. the, the place I was at. Yep. Um, 
but it was about people. It was, I met Mike and Kent and they were yeah. cool. And they, the first gift they gave me was a set of AirPods and it didn't have anything to do with VIP. Didn't, there was nothing branded on it. They're just like, here, we just appreciate you meeting. I'm like, that's weird. Like you're not promoting yourself. You're not yeah. you're like, no, we just, we're just good people. Yeah. So and I think that works all the way down to Jason and you and Stu. I mean, Stuart's one of the, arguably one of the best loan officers in the country, yeah. which makes him in the world and, and the, the universe dudes, one and, one of the, guys. and one of the best dudes. And so there's never been an yeah. ego, you know, yeah. he's always quick to say what's up and give me yeah. a call and, and text. And so, yeah, that's um, the relationships is, is where I think you and I both thrive and yeah. that's, that, that works. So let's just touch real quickly on the, on the gifting thing, because that's something that I think is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a book called giftology by John Rulin and, when I was at Procter & Gamble, we were recruiting. So one of my jobs was to do, well, not one of them. It was my job. It was to bring physicians that were prim- primary care into the, um, what's the word I'm looking at? Oh, my God. Concierge. Jesus. It's yeah. been long enough. So moving from pr- primary care into concierge and, and trying to figure out how that process worked, right? Well, Procter & Gamble is basically a marketing company that sells yeah. everything from Arm & Hammer to Colgate and you know, Crest and everything. Bandit, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And um, so they were huge in the giftings like things with physicians and it wasn't, and nothing had their brand on it. Yeah. It was like, you couldn't, it was like not allowed. So when I came here, we were talking about like, just like from a recruiting standpoint from like bringing LOs over, like what would, and everything had like a, John's like really good at, at creating like a, like a saying after you write a card and like why this gift equates to this. Yeah. So we, you know, we did like luggage to some people yeah. we did like watches where it was like can't you know, can't would send one shoe yeah and say this is just to get a foot in the door <laughs> right, I'm right, you yeah, right, yeah. right and they're like the time is now or something like that yeah. with the watch or you know pack your bags to come on over and yeah. stuff but um i think what you brought up a good point because we i people don't understand that that you don't i don't want a gift from you bro that has your, your name picture on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, except a cup except for a cup yeah. something like that but like if you give me something that's super nice like a cutting board that's like that and it just says aaron Payne across yeah. the thing like i'm not bringing it out and and like with guests over and right. stuff but if you have like this like really nice set of like glasses or something or you go on a trip to uh you know if you go on a trip and you're bringing your luggage and it has like your initials and stuff on it you know who where'd you got you know yeah. where you got it yeah. you know what i mean you don't need doesn't say vip mortgage or yeah. Ryan madrid underneath it so I think that 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 whole gifting thing is a huge thing, and it helps a lot because it's, there's more meaning behind it all. I just think it's funny that that there's people out there that think that you know you give them a cutting board with your logo that like at their next gathering they're gonna go hey by the way before we get into the hors d'oeuvres <laughs> yeah this is my loan officer right. and you should use him like it never works that way right you know well, that John, was so the, John I, so I, I called him one day because it was a referral from one of my buddies and he, just my phone call like two days later I got like a to a set of cut cone knives yeah. and it just said the Madrid family on it. And I was like, dude, this guy's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, and, and it's still one of the best knives I have. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it just had my name on it. Yeah. Right. And I, that, I think it goes a long way. Um, but a pen with, with your name on it, but yeah. he did have some really cool stickers. Where was his face? So, well, so, all right, so the, here's the concept. No, this is a funny concept. So I had to come up with a gift Yeah. and I didn't want to have that mm-hmm. gift of, you know, that's so blatantly obvious that I'm trying to, to, yeah. to do it myself. Also, I was trying to do it on the cheap. So I got this thing on Instagram because I buy everything off Instagram. Like it, I was, quick story, I'm running down the street <laughs> the other day and my financial planner drives by. He's like, dude, are you wearing like 
tie-dye shorts are those bird dogs. I'm like, no, it's this company called Kenny Flowers. They're really cool. It's some shorts. Oh, yeah. Love Kenny Flowers. He's Great like, Christmas clothes. I know. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, what? He's like, what sunglasses? I'm like, oh, these are blenders. That's, that's this new thing. And I, and I suddenly, I'm like, holy crap. Like everything Every, that Instagram yeah. puts in front of me, I buy. Yeah. So it happened that I got this thing for these tumblers that was like buy 50 You hear that them. Instagram? Send us something. Yeah, please. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so it was this tumblers. You could buy like 50 of them. Yeah. And I was like, and they were like 10 bucks if you bought 50 of them. They're nice. They're yeah. Arctic ones. And and so I got them and I'm like, all right, so now I'm going to get these engraved because I got these for like 10 bucks. Yeah. It couldn't be that much engraved. So I check on engraving. They're like, it's going to be $15 engraved each one. I'm like, right. what's stupid. Like, I'm right. not going to pay more for the engraving than I did for the thing. Yeah. And at volleyball, these girls come with their hydro flask and there's all these stickers all totally. over them and Dutch Brothers stickers. And so I was like, yeah. I'm just going to be stupid and put stickers where people can take them off so they don't have to carry around an Aaron Payne mug. Yeah. And so I had a sticker made of myself and a couple <laughs> logoed stickers in the Tempe branch. And it was funny. I, they were meant to come off, but now I see people carrying them all the time and they yeah. leave them on there. I had one guy that was like, hey, I had to take it off because I was drinking with my buddies. And they're like, who's that, your boyfriend? And it was like <laughs> a picture of me on his whiskey cup. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, but it was it started out as kind of a spoo. You know, yeah. my, well, that's your personality, though. Well, it and, works for you. And, my, can do it. and my, my, I don't know if you've noticed this, but my slogan, which you probably haven't because I don't market myself hardly at all, but is levity and lending. And the whole idea behind that that saying was one that a lot of people don't know what the word levity means. Yeah. And so it'd make them look it up and it means to bring humor to a serious subject. So that's kind of how I operate my business. I'm not going to take it too seriously. I'm not going to mm -hmm. get dressed up in a suit and go sit on a panel and tell everyone that I know more about mortgages. The fact is when I went to that mastermind, it, you had a bunch of millionaires on stage telling a bunch of decent loan officers, but yeah. they were never going to aspire to that level of, of right. success. If you want to be successful, you need to hire seven assistants. You know, that was kind of the, the right. process. You got to hire a system for this, right. hire a system. Don't do yeah. anything that's not worth your time. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know how much more valuable this would be if I could go up there now and say, hey, you're not going to be a millionaire doing it the way I do it, but you can make a really good living and you can have a great work-life yeah. balance and you can, you know, eventually earn very high, you know, yeah. amounts of income. But don't try and be something you're not. Don't try and be a guy driving a Lamborghini down the 405. Like, well, not everybody wants to do that, no. right? So you can have a great life. You don't have to be that guy. Right. Right. And I think that that's super important to say. It's like you can make an, an unbelievable living and have a great work-life balance. Yeah. And you don't even know where you're going to be, dude, in, in 10 years. I feel like I said dude a lot today. but That's right. Um, you may get to that point where you do have seven assistants and you know, but it, the whole business is built upon your personality and your relationship. And you've gotten to the point where you got where you, maybe you got too busy yeah. and now you've had to kind of, you know, you have to hire. Again. Well, you and have and you have, again. you have to do it. There's, there's a way to do it and be real. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, the, but it's, it's more long-term I think than that. You can't yeah. do that overnight. So. Absolutely. All right. So because you're such a nice guy and you mm -hmm. have all these relationships, do you have a tough time saying no to people? No. You don't. No, no, I, uh, <laughs> okay. no, I did. No, I did it first. I mean, you, you know, yeah. you want to, you want to please. And I think when you get into this, into probably any business, you want to, you know, you don't know. So you're following yeah. whatever you've seen in front of you. And so I had people that were, you know, very successful in front of me. I see mm -hmm. them doing all these, you know, they do an open, they do a happy hour every single night. And, um, I, I think I talked about it a little bit. I had to learn how to say no to people that weren't going to, weren't going to be, uh, then we're going to elevate you. 
Not even elevate me that I knew I wasn't going to be invested in. Okay. I, I knew right, I wouldn't right. really care. You know, I, yeah. I can't force myself to care about things. And that's again, yeah. Tempe, I don't have to care about I, I don't have to pretend like I like the people that I work right. with. I like them genuinely. Yeah. The realtors I work with, I genuinely like them. And so I've, I've gotten to the point now where I have been fortunate enough to have enough business that when I have, you know, I can think of a handful of realtors and you know, this is real talk. I'm not going to yeah. mention their names, but that I don't like, Yeah, and they're successful and they've asked to, you know, they've kind of broached the topic of doing business together. And yeah. I kind of just like, don't call them back right. because I don't want, and I've told some people, no, I don't want to work with you. Yeah. We can be friends, but and it's, it's okay to fire realtors too, by the way, 100%. or file referral partners, you know, um, it, it's like, this is not, not knock on the realtors. Obviously there's a, they're a huge part of our business and the reason why we're successful and we have great relationships, but there's a lot of ones out there. Just like there's a lot of loan officers. that's been oh, rough. Yeah, if, if, rough. If we're doing real talk, there's yeah. a lot of realtors out there that I hate. Yeah. Like right. legitimately, not yeah. because I hate them as people. I hate the way they go about business. Yeah. They're, they're phony right. and it works. So, yeah. you know, do what you do, but I'm not, you know, so saying no to people for me is, is it's coming down to what I, I have to make sure that whatever I do is genuine. Yeah. And if I don't like you, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to yeah. say it. So, so I had a question for you, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Sure. So the, you've been here for three and a half years, you said, yep. so what, what are the, so looking back, like what's the biggest highlight? I would say probably the last year and a half that I've, I've, become more comfortable in my role. I think, you know, um, Kent and Mike and Jay, those guys have kind of always, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Rochelle, who's, you know, she's oh, yeah. doesn't work with us anymore. Right. She's home she's raising awesome, kids, though. amazing person. Um, her niece, Sierra, who runs our office now, like me and Kirk, Kent's brother. I mean, there's a lot of nepotism at Tempe and, um, but I mean, Kirk's one of the best hires ever in this entire company. Though. Super, super <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, um, in the last year and a half, I think they trusted me from day one, but now I feel comfortable yeah. and I don't have to really ask for permission. I know that they trust me to just make right decisions. So, yeah. um, having certain conversations, um, implementing some sales strategies that, you know, normally I would go to someone else for, um, yeah. I, I really do feel like I'm running a part of the business. For and, sure. And I think so everybody looks at you like that too. It, it feels like I have some ownership and something. Yeah, so that's absolutely. been, that's been a highlight. Um, and then also, you know, Everywhere you go, for me, that I, you know, I don't think long term. So I was always willing to listen to something else. And so the last, you know, again, even six months, you get all these recruiting phone calls, and it's like, yeah, I don't want to go. Like I'm yeah. that that shows that I'm genuinely happy where I'm at, you right. know. And so there's never been a second chance. Never like, oh yeah, let's sit down. It's good to have a conversation yeah. with you know. It's like I don't care. I don't. I'm happy where I'm at. So yeah. Um and and just you know feeling like I'm I'm in a place in life where I can you know, take care of my family and have fun and, and have a perfect work-life balance. I don't have yeah. a lot to complain about. So right. that's, that's a super highlight. I would say that, that this company, but I wouldn't, I don't want to even say more so your branch, but the company provides an opportunity for there's, you're really running your own life and your own business. So it's not like you're, you work for anybody really. Yeah. You know, so it's like, where do you go? This yeah. be different. Is like it was funny. I was just, talking to John Crawford the other day. He's yeah. he's got his branch within our yeah. branch, and he was like, you know, someone was asking me. He's like, so do you like it over there? And he'd been over for a while. This sounds like we're doing a VIP promotion, which we're not. He's like, he's like, they're like, well, who do you who do you answer to? Who do you go to? And he's like, nope, nope. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, I never even thought about it, you know. Yeah. And so to have that, say, you know, it's like anytime I call Key, the answer, hey, Bubba, you know, it's not yeah. like a, it's it's just a more of a. Again, peer, it's, it's real. a peer-to-peer yeah, sort of deal. And it's real. I know they care about me. We can yeah. have disagreements and we For can get sure. into it, but they care about me and yep. that's all that matters. Yeah, it's, you know? not, it's not perfect all the time, obviously. But, uh, you know, we're, we're like brothers that fight. And, yeah. And, but, like, we're there to defend. And have, yeah. Um, 
so I know that my sister threw this one out to you, so I wanted to ask it. It's not one of my favorite questions, but I think it's a, it's a good one because I already know the answer to it. Yeah. It's different than your answer you're going to give me. What's your superpower <laughs> and how will you leverage that to make an impact? Yeah, so um, superpower, it, it, it's a funny term. It is. You know, it's like, uh, what's that movie where they say Superman is the best superhero because he was the only one that lived he had to change into being a normal person. It's like Bruce Wayne was a normal right, person to right, change right. to Batman. Yeah. Superman had to become normal right. to be, um, but I don't for, know what movie that was though. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> I heard about it That's, somewhere. You but, said um, that. I think the, uh, if I could think of something I was, is just to be able to, to turn negatives into genuine positives. Like I, there's some things that, that have sucked in my yeah. life and yeah, it's not because I, you know, overthink about it or I meditate. It just, I just was, I'm fortunate to have that ability to be like, it's going to work out, you know? Yeah. And it drives my wife insane because she's a planner. <laughs> right, right. She put herself through school and graduate school with yeah. no student loans worked. I mean, she's yeah. just a hard worker Yeah. and I've just kind of always just kind of gone for it and figured it out as yeah. I went. And so, um, you know, yeah, just not, not getting too caught up in, in things that could trip people up, you know, you've been through enough and to know like what's worth like worrying about and like what's not. And sometimes it's ignorance, right? You're just like, whatever. And, well, and think, that, that can frustrate people. Like, I think way. this business does that to you too, yeah. especially at least the, the path I went. Yeah. You know, I get a, you know, subprime refi, yeah, right. more money than I ever thought. And then two years later, I'm making nothing and living in my sister's house and, yeah. and didn't know what yeah. I was going to do. And then fast forward, you know, eight years later, here I am. And I'm like, I could have never imagined this life for myself, what I have now. And that's, right. you know, it may sound cocky, but I'm, I'm just very fortunate. And it, 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 there was no way I could have ever figured out that it was going to be this way. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. So at the end of this, we like to do these rapid, rapid fire questions. Um, we change them up every time. Mm -hmm. Well, we hope to, we're going to, we are now. Um, so high school, awesome or terrible? Terribly awesome. Terribly awesome. Yeah. Had okay. a great, had a great time, but did it probably the wrong way. If you could instantly become an expert in something, what would it be? Oh, social media. <laughs> I hate to say that, but it's it's just where everything's going. And there's YouTubers make way more money than they should. But I actually have a good one. Yeah. What was the last gift you gave someone? Uh, last gift I gave someone would be, I mean, honestly, it would be my daughter. Uh, I gave her a rainbow unicorn, uh, like babushka hat cause she likes wearing them. That was the last gift uh, outside of my family would have been, uh, oh, I sent a shirt. Shit. What was that shirt that I sent to somebody? Oh no, I sent a hat to my brother. Uh, he's, he's a big, uh, Trump fan. I sent him a red hat that just said, uh, no cerveza, no trabajo. <laughs> It was what uh, Teach Marin wore in Born in East LA. <laughs> House of Chingasos, founded on Instagram. There you go. That's a, that's a shameless plug. plug. Yeah. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Besides put fold the corners on your bed? Uh, no, don't you do that don't anymore. Do that? No. Do that anymore? No. no, no, hell no. Um, Jack does. The, does he really? Yeah. Makes his bed every morning. I can't At least do that's it. what he tells us. Um, first thing, this is a new recent tradition, but I, I don't know how it got started, but I'm grateful for it. Um, my wife has a very busy job that she wakes up every morning and she brings me coffee. So I sit in bed and have coffee and uh, I read emails. So dude, that's, I'm very fortunate. That is a very, for very fortunate person you are. Yeah. And a very nice wife, yeah. by the way. Um, yeah. I make my own coffee. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> she goes to work earlier than me. Yeah. Um, Trish, any more? Okay. All right, so thank you, Aaron Payne with VIP Mortgage. Thank you.
um, out of the Tempe branch. Again, I don't really do this that much, but if you want any more information, if you want to talk to Aaron, please reach out to him. You can yep. find him on social media. Um, thank you again to VIP Mortgage for having us here uh, and allowing us to do this. And thank you to our sponsors, Escrow and Tsunami. I know we talked about it, but um, that's the first time we've really actually talked about it in, in any of the podcasts. But they are great products. So thank you for them or to them. And uh, again, thanks to my sister and thanks to my nephew. And getting into like and subscribing. <laughs> so we're, this, is, this is where we fail a little bit right now is we want more people to watch these. And we want it to be worth uh, the people coming on, worth sure. it to us, worth it to everybody. So we want people to watch these. So please help us out. Anybody that's that's friends of Aaron's, <laughs> friends of ours, anybody we work with, anybody that's interested in these topics, please like and subscribe. And go to our Instagram, Real Talk with Ryan Madrid. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as well. And uh, and obviously, like I said, YouTube, like yeah. and subscribe. So we're, that's what we needed to do that we haven't been doing. So please do so. Help this grow. Uh, and uh, we appreciate everything. So thanks again. Yeah, appreciate yep. it, man. Always Talk to happy you soon. out. Real Talk is brought to you by Zunami. We all know that we should be doing more videos than we are doing. And one of the hesitations for myself is that I don't feel like I do a very good job filming them. Um, I get nervous about the way they're going to look. And I am pretty sure that most people, people feel the same way as I do. So Zunami is a product that will allow you to film your own videos and you can send those videos via uh, via the app that you can download on the App Store and they will make the video look professional because it is done by a professional editing team. So you want a header, you want a footer, you want to just look better in general um, and for the cost, it's, it's unbelievably inexpensive. So... If you're looking for video help, this is the best way to go about doing it, um, especially if you want to film videos on your phone like we all should. So it's Zunami with an X, and that's it. <laughs>